In today's episode of the Neil Wilkins podcast, I'm joined by Michael McGrush, who is a an Austrian California multimedia artist. And Michael is an interesting character because he is also a creativity awareness educator. Uh, he's got his own podcast. Uh, he is an author of five upcoming sixth book um, and is a speaker and guide to various organizations and individuals. And something that's very, very interesting, and we're going to go into this uh, in our conversation today, is that Michael is always on the lookout. I guess you could call him a little bit of a philosopher because he's always on the lookout for patterns within art and creativity that foster more creative communication. And I'm very interested and excited to explore not only art and creativity and how that is part of a communication process, but also really importantly, with the advent of this new AI world, how all this stuff is going to fit in together. So if you're pro-AI, anti-AI, if you're a creative, if you're artistic, if you're a communicator, and let's face it, in some and to some extent, all of us are, then this is going to be an episode that I think you are going to find fascinating. So welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you, Neil, for giving me a canvas to paint. I appreciate Wonderful. it. That's great. And already that creativity is coming through. For those um, who are listening here who don't know Michael, do you want to give us a little bit of a backstory as to how you really found yourself, I guess, in a world of art and creativity? Born in Vienna, Austria, uh, went to uh, was a sick child. Got to school when I was seven. Uh, got the next punch in my face. I couldn't read or write. I couldn't speak in front of the class. I was stuttering, uh, and I couldn't re- anything regurgitate. I understood the, the subjects, but I couldn't regurgitate them. And so I had to. I don't know if it's in England the same, but in Europe you don't get pulled with you. So you have to repeat grades and I had to repeat two or three grades till I couldn't repeat them anymore. And then basically the system says, get a job. You know, we, we can't help you anymore. Uh, my diagnosis was, oh, you're dyslexic, you know, uh, but basically that was it. You still have to do the same that everybody else does and you don't have any advantages. We just know, you know, you don't do it on purpose, basically. That was 40 years ago. So it's probably different now. And uh yeah, and then uh, the only thing that saved me was, you know, first art, you know, looking at art, listening to art. And then, uh, like uh, so many adolescents are, you know, saved by that because they, they feel like misunderstood, not fitting in. And art kind of makes you feel, feel in. And uh, I started really loving music and I DJed. I made, sold mixtapes out of my trunk. I produced fashion shows. I was in advertising. And at 30, I looked at my resumes and said, I, I, I couldn't have been an accountant. I couldn't have been a mathematician. I, I, I'm an artist. And, and it, I think that was a pivotal moment because I chose to say that. I didn't wait for society or systems to deem me an artist. I was, I, 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 I was nothing else systemically. I was a human. That was an artist. That's it. I say it was that was pivotal because it actually once I accepted that and I said it doesn't matter what this society says that I'm a bad artist, but I you know I I am an artist. But I, that's what I do, and I try to find fulfillment in that and try to fit in first. You know to, to get all the get the cover of the magazine. Always thought the next thing is going to be the better thing. You know uh, the, the 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 
the cover of a magazine, uh, uh, you know, uh, contests, winning contests, uh, have an exhibition at the international airport, having, having this and nothing fulfilled me, nothing. And it was always like what we all feel. It was like, you're done, you hit the quarter, you pass the quarter, and then you, you know, get a little bit of jolt of fulfillment because you did it. And then, and the next one, next, 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 it never, it never stops. It's never enough. And actually I write a white paper right now, about I'm never enough because that's what I see the whole world is doing uh, and there's no fulfillment. And I literally hit the wall till I was 50, uh, where I wrote the last book, the, my smart of art, where I separated the art product from the art creation. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I was, um, I was under the impression and I was in there for 40 years in the art business. And I, I, I was not aware that it's all about the product. It, it's not, sim it's the similar thing. You are a businessman and you try to do bicycles, right? And, and if they don't sell you as a businessman, you just go, okay, I'm going to sell suits. That doesn't happen with artists because they put in their soul. They have a magical experience creating this. And then the society or, or the systems don't like what, what you do uh, or don't respond. So you feel like you're waste. Uh, so that's why all, I think 1% of artists uh, make 98% or 2% of artists make 98% of the revenue of art. So it, it, it's, it's literally like a widget. And uh, yeah, and, and then uh, I was... Uh, I really got the enlightenment when I was 50. I was thinking, no, no, is am I system relevant or am I human centric? Because, and then I was thinking about this issue and said, oh, I'm part of nature. Huh, we're not a part of systems. We are born in systems. We get baptized in the system. We get all this stuff, you know, in the school in the system and the marriage in the system. It's all systemic job. But we are really a natural animal with sexual urges, with feelings, with rage, with anger, uh, that live in a systemic world where they, those things are not valued. You know, you can't be angry in a job. You cannot, you know, have any sexual uh, advantage or feelings even. You know, you shouldn't have even sexual feelings in a, in a company. You shouldn't feel anything. You should do your job and leave. And England is... <laughs> As you know, England is one of the top of this in uh, classifying people because the baroness is not the same as a baron, uh, even in the in the upper class, you know. And it's just, um, and I think we try to fit in, which we are DNA driven. We're DNA driven to fit in, and and uh, and we are done till we take the last breath. We want to be part of it, you know because we are herd animal. And so that's kind of, you know, I, I try to spread the world about, because my life became super easy, literally super easy, because nothing has changed, not a girlfriend or more money or job or, or living somewhere else. The moment I, 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 I compartmentalized, okay, what are we? Are we a human? Ah, we are part of nature. So I can use nature when I have a problem. When when everybody argues about something, they say, what's going on in nature? What did they, how do they solve that? And then <clears throat> that we contribute with what we are into the systems. And I think you cannot 
you are one of 8 billion people and you're very unique. There's only one of you, Neil, and there's only one of me. So when I talk to uh, people that say, oh, my life is not worth it, said, you're one of one. So, so you are very special because you're one of 8 billion. You're not like 8 billion. And see, this is where the system manipulation comes in. You're, you're exchangeable. Yeah, in systems, you're exchangeable, not as a human. Ask your wife, you know, uh, uh, or, or ask anybody if, if you just can exchange that person. No, you can't. You know it with from friends. And I've never met a pe person that is the same. And I think that really li uh, liberated me. And that was a long introduction. That must have been a wonderful moment. That that moment, you used the word pivotal. So it kind of it is a real watershed moment where it's almost yeah. you become Michael version two, suddenly appears exactly. and can, can flourish and blossom because you figured it out. You figured out that there was almost like a permission that you could give yourself through yeah. art and creativity to mm -hmm. be that human, not to be a um, a part of a system which wasn't serving you. I think, yeah. you know, that must be for for everybody who kind of finds that moment, no matter whether it's when you're mm -hmm. a teenager or through into later years, mm -hmm. at some point in that journey, when that happens, it must be so invigorating, so you know, it's one, you can't close the box on that, can you? Once you've, you've found that, that is going to be your life from then on, isn't yeah. it? Your spirit state takes over. It's not, but I think it's different for everyone. Like I said, it's, you, you cannot generalize it. When you wake up, you can wake up in little increments. I woke up in little increments before, but the real pivot, you know, uh, uh, happened when I realized and literally had to write a book to figure that out. Because I was going, so I'm writing a book. Why? <clears throat> because I cannot comprehend why are 99% or 97% or 8% of artists worldwide poor? I mean, I can't imagine a world without art uh, culture. I mean, this is this is this, and I, I dove in, and it took me, I think, two years to write to come to that thing. So I had to dive in, dive in, dive back, 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 and then was very good. Of course, was uh COVID because it's you know I, I knew that before COVID but then COVID manifested the whole thing first it was about the art product and art creation as so the magical uh process of our creation which is the magical process of everything I mean you know what is the beautiful of of, of podcasting you you had an idea and you brought it into the physical you didn't say I want to make, make a podcast and never did it you had an idea, a thought, and you literally manifested it. Thing, and there's so much power in it because I can say, Neil, you have the worst podcast, or you have the absolute best podcast I've ever heard. It doesn't matter. I cannot take away the the conjuring of that, the conjuring of your podcast, and that's the power. That's the absolute power. Then the people say, "Why well, artists are so self? You know, we are all poor." But they're so uh, self-confident because when you work with your hands, you create something and you, you find it, you know, we find it with hermits or with people that are in gardens, right? They have a certain thing of uh, very low labor, systemically low labor. And you think, wow, I mean, that guy makes, you know, makes, makes two euro a day and is 
totally happy, totally in peace, totally aligned, not freaking out, no anxiety, nothing. And I think there is something to that. You know, we are creative animals. We are, co I call us collaborative creative animals of nature. Because look at, we created London, New York, Singapore, Apple, Google. It's all collaborative. It's not one person created that. And, and that's our strength, you know, to do it together. Mm. Do, do you think that when you kind of define art and creativity then, because what I'm trying to hook into here is is, is almost like for everybody, what is the answer? So if, if there is some form of creativity in all of us just by being human, you know, we have an opportunity. A lot of people don't realize it, but we have an opportunity to to demonstrate some kind of creativity. For some, it might be fine art. Others, it could be creating ceramics. For others, it could be watercolor painting. For others, it could be sketching, could be graphic design, some digital work. We, we've all got some way of kind of tapping into this non-system-driven you know, element of ourselves, haven't we? Even if it isn't necessarily to follow it professionally, but to follow it maybe using this as a, as a leisure pursuit or something where you're finding and discovering a bit more about yourself by, you know, taking that leap into trying something artistic. Why do you think is that for a lot of us, and a lot of people are very busy professionally and personally, that we don't necessarily realize that this can be opening up a whole new world for us and if we're feeling anxious if we're feeling challenged if we don't feel part of the system as it is we don't feel as though we belong why is it we find it so difficult as humans do you feel to to be able to tap into something that's so innate and natural within us because it's systemized we wouldn't we wouldn't because it's systemized it, it what the focus was on the product what did Michelangelo create? What did Da Vinci do? Rubens, Vermeer, all these people. That was that was the thing. It was the product. Uh, not not everybody. And first of all, people were working. They weren't doing art in the old days. And the ones that did art were the one that have as a super talent uh, ability to to create. You know, to to, to actually basically copy you know with their own voice and you know got their unique uh, uniqueness in it but they were painting and i think we all have that like we all have to we all could run a marathon we just have to you know train for it but we have the muscle and when we you know a half a marathon you know we could all run half a marathon if we would uh train for it uh and we all are, are deemed with art. And I, I believe we are deemed with art, to have art as a, as a muscle is because we, um, art is the only language that universal. If you and I start singing, nobody might like it. But if you and I sing, the whole world understands. You don't need to translate to anyone that can hear, hey, Neil and Michael are singing. You don't need to. If you and I uh, draw with a crayon on a on a piece of uh, paper, and we we make a, a thing, we, the whole world understands that. That there's, there's a, so we have that given by nature. Nature has given us everything we need. It has given us uh, because nature doesn't do okay. I have everything for bears. I have everything for pigs. I have everything for ants. 
but for the for Europe uh, for the for the humans, I don't have anything. You know, they have to do it all themselves. So that's a misnomer. That's a systemic. Somebody want to make money and said, okay, instead of you know eating a herb that actually has no side effects, let's create something and then we sell you a pill. Uh, and and the, everything is convenient. Everything you know. Uh, in the old days, people got around. I'm not saying we should go back to the old days. I don't condone that at all. I'm just saying we have to see ourselves between uh, uh, you know. Uh, collaborative creator animals and here we create but because we are collaborative systems that serve us but the system should serve us for live uh, lifting the human potential not repeating wars not repeating the same history and the reason why we are stuck in this is because it's never enough and we are coming home you you, you work in a job that isn't your job you work in a job you're adapting we have a one of our superpowers, I call it the third superpower after creativity and communication, what we have now, a, a human-centric conversation, not a system where I'm right and you're wrong or in that vice versa. And the third one is adaptability. And we're using the energy of uh, adapting is takes energy. We use that to be eight hours in a job that isn't us, so we don't enjoy it. So it takes more energy to adapt. And then, because you're always adapting, you and I are adapting right now, so we can talk. And then you do the, the, the you go, you go further, and then you come home at eight o'clock. You drive home, you know, at five after eight hours, and you're tired. You don't want to create. You don't want to express yourself. What are you doing? You eat. You shouldn't eat at night. And what what else you're doing? You're watching Netflix. I mean, that's. I mean, you, you, we are creator animals that need to express themselves. That's in our definition. And we are not expressing ourselves. So we get rage. We get emotions because we don't, we don't have, we don't know ourselves. You know, we, our self-awareness is completely off. And one of the best self-awareness um, tool is creating. Because like I said, nobody can take away you did that. And the awareness that you got, I said, oh my God, I had this idea. And look at this, I have a thing now. How did I do it? There's so much reflection in it. And when there's something else and say, hey, Neil, do you want to do another podcast or another thing? You will probably say, I don't know, I haven't done it, but I will. I will try it. Because you have that self-confidence from creating this. Not because your podcast was successful. That is, see, that's the... You see the the, the, the tweakiness there? It, you think, oh, once you're successful, then everybody should come to you and give their advice. No, no, you are successful already. If the people like that, that's that's not in your hands. That is not in my hands either. I mean, this could be the best episode and we want that to be the best episode, but we have no, we create the best thing we can do in the moment right now. And if people like it, that's good. We like that. So I think we have that on the reason why people don't like it is because we are systemized. We we have we don't experience expressing ourselves. Therefore, a businessman will come saying, you know, Michael, I admire what you do, but I, I'm more a businessman. I said, if you were an, a, a, an artist, you wouldn't have a business. You wouldn't call yourself a businessman. You, I mean, every table setting we set, everybody does it differently. Your grandfather, you your kids, your wife, everybody does 
sets the table differently. Everybody puts the glass somewhere else. Everybody prefers a color of, of, of napkins. I mean, we constantly do creative decisions, but that's, it's like success. Success is supposed to be something we have. And everybody's ashamed because they don't have enough success. But really, and that's why we don't, we, we, we really hatch into the failure and mistakes, but we, we really never uh, analyze success. Or why was this a successful? What did we do? And, and the power is to analyze success, not the failures. Failures, is, uh, uh, failures are, are cobblestone, cobblestones to your road to success. It's just, so you see already how I, I separate the human centricity from the system relevance. Mm. And there's a lovely innocence. I think that's the right word that I'm trying to yeah. use here. Lovely innocence mm. to the way that you describe artistic and creative success because it isn't about it being better or worse it's not about it being right or wrong the yeah. the artistic success or that creativity feels in the way you describe it and there's just something lovely about this it feels that it is just what it is so there's it almost comes without judgment as soon as you put it into a system or a process you're comparing it with a norm you're comparing it with a benchmark that says you're either better than this or you're not as good as this um, you're going to get this number of followers in social media. You're going to make this amount of cash, mm. you know, by selling this particular product. But how are you going to feel after it? Well, it surely is a much nicer way of feeling to say, take that system out of it, appreciate it. That's the creative moment, irrespective of the product for what it is. That is success because it just feels good. So, so is the kind of the feeling in that subjectivity, do you think, the real answer here because it is about kind of just celebrating it for its own mm. presence really and for what you've created like you say about you know podcast episode for example could be the best could be the worst could be somewhere in between yeah. but it's just the fact that we are here creating something that before we started talking did not exist and that in itself is something to smile about and yeah. as you say, we don't care whether it anybody loves it, anybody hates it. If it feels in the moment the right thing, then that yeah. is that is good enough, isn't it? More than good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because fulfilling is a feeling of fulfilling is for me a, a feedback loop of you on the right path of your life. So what we're doing here now, and we look. If I hated it, or you hated it. And we would say, oh, come on, Michael, hurry up, hurry up, you know? That, because you're thinking already, you're in a mind construct thinking about the future, uh, running your dog out or whatever, then you're not fulfilled. But when you're here in a moment in the in the podcast, what, what podcast, the magic of podcast is, it's a human conversation that you don't have normally anymore. You have, you, you meet a human that you've never met, so you have to be aware you have to align your six senses. You know, I call the six sense the sense of resonate. You know how to resonate with 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 each other. And then we we talk, we talk to each other and we force each other us because we go over Zoom. We are not in person. It forces someone to really pay attention and be in the moment. And that always feels great. And that's what the artist has. The artist cannot think of it. I have to go shopping today. And you focus in on making in a straight line you you have to focus on making the straight line and that pushing yourself in the moment and not in a mind construct 
makes you always feel good because all the philosophers talk for talk forever. You know, enjoy the moment because time, you're not running on a on a on a on a progression on a on a what you call a band of time. You but time goes through you, so you are you are time. That's why um, uh, when you are you know something you really enjoy is very short because you're so in the moment that you don't experience. But the experience was so fulfilling. But you you say, oh my god, the the whole day went. That's why when artists you know, paint, they don't eat, they don't do anything because you don't need anything. You're just, it's just so fulfilling and you chase that moment. And I always say, milk the moment of creation. That's one of my sayings. I always say, milk the moment of creation. And 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 my podcast, the 30 second, it's a 30 second podcast because of my neurodiversity, I can't edit and all that stuff, is exactly about this. Milk the moment, it's all about creation. So if you're an artist or not, it's it's just one every Saturday comes out an episode. My it's not somebody else's quote. It's my quote and a question to make you bring you into that collective uh, creator animal uh, of nature that we are. And I think that's 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 the that that's fulfilling and that's fulfilling goes to happiness because when you create a lot of uh, moments like we do now. Then you look back and say, how was my day? I was fulfilling. I had three podcasts. I had this, this, this. And all of a sudden you say, I'm happy. And then that state of happiness because you, the feedback loop of your life is happiness. Then you can feel love, not falling in love with somebody else. Then you feel love, which basically means you are in time space most of the time. And sometimes you find it, that's why we fall in love with somebody else. Because the other person pushes you into that. But it is not the other person that you're in love with. She pushes you in or you push her in or both you push it in. That's, you know, falling in love. But both you both push in because love is not always reciprocal, you know. So do you think then that if you're kind of opening up this opportunity to be super creative you know when you feel the urge to create as a human being and you feel okay i have some space in my busy calendar and i'm going to create and it doesn't matter what it is you're just going to create it could be something very creative something that delivers an output it could even be just creative thinking mm -hmm. so you know a whole range of different things because that is outside of, you could argue, a system, because it is very personal, it's not going to be judged, you're going to decide what the measure of success is, so it is very kind of open and free and very freeing. Do you feel that there should be boundaries on it? I know, I know in one of your books you talk about being politically correct or, you know, tussling with this idea of political correctness within art and within creativity. Do you feel there's there's kind of still boundaries and almost like an inherent system that you need to put in place yourself within your creativity and art? Or, do, or does anything go? Do you give yourself almost this ultimate permission to do, say, and to be anything? Or is there kind of a, a natural limit where really we shouldn't go beyond? Uh, Neil, th this is so great because I ask myself, that because everybody said, what is art, right? What is art is, is one of the, the key questions. Uh, but it's systemic context. You know, in systemic context, I can define art. 
this is uh, Renaissance, this is Baroque, that is whatever, that's modern, that's Cubism, that's, I mean, I can define it, whatever it is. But what have you ever contemplated? What does art want? And I contemplate long and talk to a lot of people about it. And art does want nothing else but being created and exposed, not exposed to a million. So if I'm making a drawing on my pad here and I show it to you, that's it. That's all art wanted. It wanted that little, you know, little squiggle, little doodle and show it to you. So it's both. It's because you bring it something in a physical and expose it to another human being. It doesn't matter if that's your grandmother or whatever. You have to expose it because it's like you're dressing up for going out at night and never go out. So the, the, the whole thing is creating it and exposing. And that's it. It doesn't say how many people like it, how many likes you should get, how many people, how much they pay for it or anything. This is it. Everything is consequential on that. So you create something and then you expose it, meaning you hand it over to a gallery or to a music center or whatever you hand it over and then your your work is done other than they want you to promote it but that has nothing to do with our data that's systemic so basically that's all all you have to do that, that that's and i i think there's no and and what i say i'm actually against having said that political correct i said it, you can't limit the expression of a human being the, the, the human expresses himself, Neil, you, you, you might have different colors, prefer different colors, or if we just take colors right now, you would take different colors than I do. We have the same palette and you would, would choose different colors. I said, choose four colors to paint. What colors are you choosing? See, there's so much in that when you just question yourself, you know, I'm going to do a, a, a drawing with four colors what 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 colors would i choose uh what would i do would i do abstract or would i do representational uh would i try to do a portrait would i dry uh, comics would i do it seriously uh would i do lettering i mean it doesn't matter it just and then you can ask afterwards there's so much in the in that thing why did i choose lettering why didn't i choose to make a little girl with a stick figure or something why did i do what i did and not answer, not trying to be dissective. See, this is systemic. You need a solution. There's no solution in that. That is just a question. And then, you know, when I see myself three times doing the same things and always get drawn to lettering, for example, I just do beautiful letters, right? And if I get drawn to this, that makes me curious. So I'm going to be curious about myself with a capital S and say, wow, look at this. Why is that? And it might have no meaning. It doesn't, even if I do it 99% of, of time I do lettering, has no meaning. It's just giving me feedback that, need, that doesn't need a system outcome. It just perhaps I like the aesthetics of lettering better than the aesthetics of, you know, making a portrait of somebody or making a scene or a landscape. It's just, it's just, and the same is with songs and, and poetry and, and all the expressions, you know, uh, you know, why do you like this kind of music? I like all kinds of music, but I'm drawn to some, some rhythm, very rhythmic uh, rhythm. So I'm a percussionist, so I'm drawn to rhythm. 
in classical and everything. So it's not just so so you see patternings in you know uh, what you like. Uh, and so, so I just heard a, a Indian group of two sisters and I said, why am I so I couldn't I couldn't stop to hear that song and I didn't have that experience since it was you know a long time because music is so different now than it was then. It's just so much in it and you don't really hear the essence of what it is. And I thought the same thing about rich people. I said rich people in the old times, seem to have more joy being rich than than today. Today is just more and more and more and more and never enough. And when I heard these two sisters uh, sing, I analyzed, I was just contemplating why like, oh, rhythm, oh, the very, you know, making mistakes and not worrying about it. And and that made it so humane. And that's why it draw me. Uh, you know, this one sister where she was just talking about Somebody was in the audience. It was a live thing. And she just talked to this guy and they played the rhythm in the back. She wanted some a light or something moved. And she just talked to them. Would never happen in the West, you know. But she said, and 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 then went back into the rhythm. And it was, and I loved that, you know, that she didn't have everything controlled. So 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 this is what I um that's why I'm so excited about art creation because the value you get out of it. And, I, you know, you say, you know, you got to make something great on it. Don't even start with a great thing. Just take a a, a, a good pencil. If, if you like pencil, if you like thing, uh, find a good pencil and get a notepad, you know, uh, and and just doodle. Have that in your office. And while you're thinking, you will see how much it brings you if you like it. If you don't like it, don't doodle to get better ideas. That doesn't work, you know. But if you like to to doodle, it first of all it brings you in the moment. If you just you watch what you, what comes out of you, it doesn't need to be representational. It can be abstract, whatever. And you just cut the lines. It could just lines, and you think, and then you you go through your what, what problem that you have at work, and so that's enough. That's that's enough. You're gonna feel better from that, and you gotta be aware. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, neurodiverse people, and I'm an advocate for neurodiversity. So we suggest that you get something like a a little animal or something to a widget or something, because it holds you in the moment. And when you're in the moment, uh, you know, even they say when you when you speak, you should wear a pen. Uh, or a key, uh, so you you stay in a moment. You you're not losing your train of thought. Mm. So, but I think you can you can bring that. For, we are all neurodiverse. I don't think there's something special. We we just hard on the on the on the spectrum, but uh, you know ADHD is increasing so much because we are pushed by systems to be in our mind construct, uh, future and past versus now. So, you know, what's, what are we going to do next? What is the next step? What is the next step? You haven't ever experienced this step right now, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's, that, that's one thing what would help people. Mm. It's, it's really interesting the word you use, control. You, you said it a couple of times there. 
And I, it kind of it really shouted out at me because I think this is almost what we're talking about here is this giving up an acceptance of losing control, letting go of control, yeah. you know, surrendering the control. Yeah. Because in that moment that you're describing there, that sweet moment where nothing else matters, you are completely focused in, but with almost without trying, you don't need to control. There is no system. There is no Perfect. kind of benchmark you're trying to perform against. You are just Perfect. in that yeah. moment. The the ikigai, as the Japanese call it. Yeah. You know, it is just that very, very sweet spot. This is quite medita meditative, isn't it? This is meditation, but, but yeah. awake meditation. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm kind of hearing it from yeah. you. Is that how it feels like when you're in that moment? Yeah. Meditation isn't just fall asleep. I mean, if you can, it's not a, it's not forbidden. You don't do something wrong because that's systemizing meditation. But meditation is to be in that moment of flow. Uh, you know, some some people say it's flow. Uh, in that flow moment, in that moment, in the current moment, a present here without doing something, without having the being a human being, not a human doing. So it's not about thinking. You use thinking for... Okay, I have to go right now from here to there. What is the best way? That is the, the right thing of thinking. But we don't do that. We, we think all the time. We do this and 100,000 other things uh, that we think we need to do and, and figure out first. No, you don't. You know, when you, you, you can doodle, you can look at the email, doodle, uh, you know, and then go think that or have some music on. Because it gets you into the feeling mode, and you know, when you when you hit, I think that sweet spot that you're talking about is is when when you're in between feeling and thinking. When when you're not, it balances everything in nature, as you know. You know, the power, the ultimate power is balance, uh, and we are part of nature. We cannot, you know, take us ourselves out of that. You know, so for us, it's balance too. You know. And it's not systemically work-life balance. That's systemic. You, every time you reverse engineer gratitude, when you, you and I, if, if I'm saying, uh, why don't you think about gratitude? You feeling gratitude right now because when you're fulfilled and you are in the moment, you feel gratitude, mindfulness. Uh, uh, you know, you feel all these uh, words. You know, these words that that. That the system wants to reverse engineer and says, you know, we 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 feel that we are enough. We are enough by nature because nature doesn't make mistakes, and we are born. So we are born because we are we are enough. That doesn't mean we are system relevant. You got to get education for that. You got to think, but 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 the but that we think we are not valuable. See, when we go into the systemic too much and say, okay, I'm only an artist if I'm the most famous artist in the world. I'm I'm known as an artist, but not as a famous artist. So I'm basically a failure as an artist. doesn't matter if I've written five books about it. I made $20 last, uh, 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 $50 last, last year on five books. It doesn't matter. It, 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 according to systems, I'm not an artist even. You know? So... But I, I've talked to the, the, the systemically biggest artists and 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 have no problem talking to them. Um, you know, have talked to museums, uh, you know, uh, do my consulting and all that stuff. No, no problem. 
without an art degree or anything. Because I look at it from what it is, what art is, is really, you know? Mm. We've got a big challenge coming up, though, haven't we? Because what you've just described um, very eloquently and, yeah. you know, there's some really interesting ideas within this. And I think, you know, some real practical advice and guidance for everybody listening, really, in mm. terms of how simple it is to experiment yeah. and explore this. But we've got this huge, big challenge coming, haven't we? If we introduce the two letters A, I, because if we're talking systemic, if we're talking about process, if we're talking about control, never in probably in the, the sort of you know, the length of humanity has anything like this come up, which is absolutely fundamentally based in machine learning, in process and control, in systems and development of even more levels of control. How on earth? Are we going to be able to retain art creativity in a in a human sense when this great big thing called AI, well, it's already here for a lot of us, is already starting to take away some of this need to be a creative? I can create, you know, incredible videos, incredible graphics, you know, amazingly crafted words in either blogs, social media, or actual full book form at the press of a button. I don't need creativity. I've got to write some pretty good prompts to make sure it's pretty accurate, maybe first or second draft. But I can do this without even putting the badge of creativity on it. I want your help here, Michael, in terms of really identifying what kind of a vision do we need for AI to really kind of match this human-centric form and not lose this wonderful simplicity and freedom that we have through a more traditional way of art and creativity as you've described it what can we do um ai is a is a tool number one ai is a tool uh if you're an artist like me that um i tried uh, uh writing tools and uh, have you know three, four, repeat it, change the prompts, do it. it. You have to do, it actually takes more. I mean, this will, it takes more time because see the most valuable thing we have is, is time because we can't buy it back. So for me, it, it takes tremendous time. Even it comes up with words that sound better. But it's like looking at the thesaurus, you know, it's like it, it the structure the, the the but but I if I I tell you honestly what I when I run it through Claude 2 or something and then I then look at I get better words and I only do it for things where I'm stuck where I said how can I say that's better in a better word or in better express that better and then I run it. And then I see, you know, what what it offers me, and then I change it again. I cannot take it and just plug it in. That that this is impossible. I have not taken one paragraph in that said, "Oh my God, this is so perfect." I'm gonna just put that in. Never. And it gets better, but it's 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 a repetitive thing. Number one, it's it's time delayed, meaning it's. It's two years old, you know. Uh, it's um, uh, uh, 
and I think it's okay because you know, I, and I see good things about AI too. When when somebody cannot express something or cannot help help them to speak, I think the language is the the most powerful thing, and actually it will help us to talk to each other in a better way if we use it the right way. If you're not looking what you're saying, it doesn't help you. You know, it doesn't how how proasic uh, is it's expressed doesn't make a difference if you don't know what you what I want to. If I want to com convey to you, this is about an orange, and when I peel it and uh, and it sprays the, the the scent and whatever, and I cannot come and it says about the orange, and I put it in AI, and it says about the orange, uh, uh, you know, the orange uh, juice making of whatever. I'm not com communicating what I want to communicate to you. So I need to understand context and I need to understand uh, language and context. And then it, it's better, though, for people that say, hey, write me a so everything systemic is going to be better because systemic, you know, uh, application letter uh, for being a, a machinist on a ship. Yeah on that special ship for that motor you put that in boom it gets you a thing and you get you don't have to it's you you the person that never writes doesn't have to sit with this thing and and try to do an application letter and put all the fear into that application letter uh you know and it's got to be mistakes and and everything so you can just make everything systemically and ai is basically our big dream, I can say this, our wet dream to that, that we have a machine that does the system work. Because this is literally what everybody under, under all the communications you hear. It's, and that's why I'm, my book that I write about AI is going to be, what is the human, what is the human purpose? What does it help me and you to have AI? What would it have, you know? And it's very hard to figure out. It's all systemic. If I write you an email, I can make it better. But I could write you just a couple of words. But let's say if I couldn't write, you know, I, I just use the AI. I say, what is the human uh, profit of, of AI? That's just make systems faster. It makes system faster, more efficient, and more perfect, less mistakes. Uh, so it's a real a system amplify and with that comes the the problem not that i'm not danger i'm not even going there the danger uh, comes the problem that you know when when i, I think you are as old uh, to remember before emails you got five letters ten letters a day if if you had a company right if you don't have a company you don't get any letters but if you had a had a them ten letters a day if you have a big company, 40 letters a day, right? Now you get hundreds of emails. What do you think happens with AI when all the emails are written like I wrote them to you? Or, or they pretend that's, you know, our conversation or something. And you open and you have to go through them. I say it's a tremendous time. Uh, uh, it's like a, a black hole for time. Because you think, think and, 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 and then if I have AI, then you have AI, then your AI is better, then I have to make sure that I, I level up with AI, I have the latest update. It's an unbelievable uh, uh, 
eat of time. It, the, the, the profit is not, unless you're a systemic worker, a, an accountant or something, I think uh, the rewards are not justifying the means, the work. It, it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't. Because without you controlling it, it makes no sense. See, this is what I think uh, with the email system, for example. So you get an email system. I get an email. So you sent me, you get the new AI program and I get 300 emails a day. They all look like personal. Now I'm buying an AI product that changed, that selects and finds the AI written emails and sorts them out. So there is one thing that they mistakenly sort out a, a real good uh, letter, a real important letter for me. And then I have to look still at whatever is left over. They're not going to throw out 200 emails from 300. You're going to throw out 100 perhaps, you know, that because it has to be either or it's binary. It has to be or it's not. Uh, it has to make that cut. And then you sit there and then you still have to go through through all the other ones. And they might not be good either because hey, I didn't pick it up or not. You can, by the way, not hide whatever is for us, uh, the, the low-level people, systemic low-level people. The AI we use cannot detect if it's AI or not with the, with the anti-AI also. It, it that's very glitchy. That's very hallucinative. The the it doesn't it doesn't work really uh, good. And uh, a friend of mine did a, a, an experiment. Wrote a a, a web page, a, a website actually. He made a website and did it all by hand, and then made the same website uh, by with AI. Ran it through. Uh, Grammarly ran it through an anti-AI finding or whatever. The one is the one handwritten is uh, is ranked. The other one is not. You can find the other one, but it's not ranked. So there is a higher AI we have no access to. And uh, so yeah, obviously people want to be in control. As we said, people want to control everything. So so and they're afraid that this little place, the playstations that we have not going out getting out of hand uh i it, it's you know take it one day by that I, I wouldn't even put anything in it I, I, and i think it's already going down either you know it's like when it's already going down that's uh, the it's like nfts everybody we gotta do nfts 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 and i did an article about the nfts because i looked at the nfts says, i don't understand the connection with art and that that i found out that it's all about selling cryptocurrency using art to sell cryptocurrencies it has nothing to do with art zero zilch it was a promise to the artist that they will make money but primarily the money was selling cryptocurrency so Again, another thing within the system then that we can easily get caught in yeah it's always mm. something and 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 already you see i feel it's the big hype with ai and now people use it and we are limitless humans are limitless because you know um and now we see it's it's not doing that because it takes so much time if they sell it's fast but it takes so much time mm. i like the way though that you describe 
almost a role for it. Um, yes, the automation, clearly, if there are things that are repetitive yeah. tasks, or if you're a person who has a specific kind of role where, yeah, time efficiency is critical, yeah. so therefore there's a role for that. I get that totally. But I also like the way that you've described you know, almost sitting alongside you as a creative or as a uh, sort of a creative being, not necessarily a, a full-time professional artist, but somebody who wishes to be a little bit more creative, a little yeah. bit more human in what they do. Yeah. I love this idea that AI can almost sit alongside you or, you know, just behind your shoulder, giving you maybe prompts, giving you a little bit of support when there are certain things you might need a little yeah. push over the edge yeah. with something, particularly in the written word. So being there as a supporter a trusted ally that feels a, a really kind of good mm -hmm. vision for ai within this kind of human sort of system yeah. that we're actually talking about here because yeah. then it knows its place there are boundaries we're not expecting too much from it we're not trying to get it to replace us but we're not also using it to kind of plagiarize its output and say right this was me Whereas actually it wasn't, it was an AI that created yeah. it, but I'm going to put my name against it. Yeah. It's almost like we're going to do this nicely and properly by saying, there are certain things that I'm not that great at. Maybe, I don't know, grammar checking, for example, yeah. you know, checking yeah. the grammar in sentences. And you can run it through an AI to just check that. It's a simple yeah. example, but it's it, that feels a good use of AI as a supporter, as yeah. an advocate, as a yeah, specialist advisor or guide rather than the be all and end all of creativity full stop. But then the creativity still rests with us as humans. That feels good. That feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it always will because you have a voice. You are one of 8 billion people. It, it always, everything breaks down when you, when you remind yourself you're one of 8 billion people with a different DNA, different fingerprints, different eyes, and different perspective. Eight billion perspectives. We, we all look at our lives differently in the context of our lives. So it's it's a different perspective. Nobody has the same life. And that, that's where technology stops. It, it just stops there. It just it, it can only do the function that we we have given it. And the function that we have given to any system, it, it doesn't matter government or whatever, to support human potential. So if I can do a better letter, right, or, or I can, can express myself, you know, it's basically all about expressing your essence. If I can express my essence better with the help of AI, uh, by wording it better, having that little graphic that I couldn't have done before, um, then it's, it's got to be great. Uh, the problem is when AI wants to copy your voice and your image i think that's a real i think that needs to be a human right that you have there's eight billion people you you have your right birthright is your voice and your image unless you're an actor and you give permission for that and that to take it but i think it needs to always be a, a permission and it will be also very important to watermark it so whenever somebody looks at it that's something what you just said you know that's a, oh it's my my thing watermark what is ai because you you might sell yourself to me as a as a, a graphic artist I have no idea about graphic artistry and and you you show me your, your your portfolio and it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god you know but but it's not you you know so 
Mm. There's just a real inherent honesty required here, isn't there, really? And I, and I guess I, I keep be, finding yeah. myself using this word wholesome when I go and I sort of talk to people about the use of AI in communications more generally. And I think, you know, the, there needs to be an honesty built into AI as a, as a system, as an infrastructure, but also an honesty in terms of the outputs and how we use them. And I think, you know, ultimately, you know, if we're trying to construct this idea of a vision for AI yeah. going forward, I think it is that balance of everything that you've said there with this kind of honest perspective from the developers and the system builders as much as from the humans are going to be using it. And I think if we can always strike that balance, it's good. Both transparency, willing, transparent, be transparent from, you know, from, it's like me having saying, oh, I'm not neurodiverse. You know, I, yeah, I say I'm neurodiverse. That's, be transparent. You didn't ask me. You know, it's just be transparent so people know, aha, uh -huh, this, is, this is what I have to deal with this and I can adapt to that. And the same thing, I think it is much better if you, if you, as a company or as a power broker, right? If you, if you being transparent and the people ad adapt to that, say, you know, I mean, the whole thing. Look at the war is the best thing. It's not the last two wars are not transparent at all, not at all. You know, it's just a made-up thing, and people cannot adapt, and we need transparency to adapt. You know, to certain things. And it's just this one surprise after another. You know, we don't get it. Uh, we, we don't get it. Uh, humanity uh, always. You know, we try to separate, uh, save humans, and now it's the public. Boom! At, at an art festival of all of all things. You know, just willy willy nilly. So just just you know, it happens there to get more attention to to cater to the system. So mm -hmm. we. This is the the, the big thing. You have gotta be human centric. If you want to enjoy life and, and and feel like you have a life or you can exist in fear and just just have and then life is going to be a fear existence and the fear of death it's just it's just going to be life is more than just you know existing and dying it, it is just more mm. and, and what a lovely way to uh, come full circle back to pretty much where we started Michael, this has been really good. I, I want to be pointing people to your uh, to your podcast. So it's the Smart of Art. Is is that the podcast? The podcast is on all pod, podcast platforms. It's the Smart of Art, the power of art and creativity. Uh, but you find me, it's easier to go to michaelm.com. Michael with two L's and M, michaelm.com. And you, you can contact me there. You, you have all the podcasts, all the books, all the music, all the paintings, everything. You have the whole, it's one hub and, and you, you can think. And Neil, we can do this anytime again if you want to go specifically into any topics. Uh, we could just do it on one topic since we have now established who I am and what I do. Then we can then specifically pinpoint certain things. Uh, if you if you like, it's been great, really interesting, and I think for a lot of people, getting a broader context of the whole kind of creative, you know, part of ourselves as humans, as much as how that's going to integrate with this you know emerging world that we all face with its chaos yeah. and its challenges and the big system, which we've mentioned yeah. a few times here. It's a challenge for all of us, but there is a way through. So keep in touch with uh, with Michael and his work through the Smart of Art. 
power of art and creativity and i will put uh, michaelm.com uh, the link in the uh, the description below so if you've been uh, excited or enticed into this uh, interesting world of philosophy around communications then uh, yeah go check michael out thank you again michael for your time today it's been a really thank interesting you. conversation appreciate it thank you